Ethan and his team take on their most impossible mission yet when they have to eradicate an international rogue organization as highly skilled as they are and committed to destroying the IMF. This is Basement Cinema, and tonight we're talking Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Just me and Bill tonight. Bill, welcome back. Basement Cinema. What's going on? How you doing? Doing all right. What an honor to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. We were just talking. Um, the 22nd of last month, we did, uh, or no, two months ago, we did super bad. So it's been a little bit. Um, but me and you have been talking about doing a Mission Impossible for quite a while now. And I know Nick uh, is not the biggest Mission fan. So I believe that he believes that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that he thinks he is correct in that, but I also think that he he just needs to explore it more. He hasn't seen them. I don't think he ever got into them. I mean, I think he's probably seen, like, three, and I think we've watched two before at the house. But, you know. Oh, so he hasn't seen the Renaissance missions. No, 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 no. He hasn't, okay. seen, he hasn't seen, like, from when it got really good. Which, to me, was like, I love three, and then it just got like after two, it just keeps getting better, in my opinion. Because because it was it was from what I because I saw I saw three in theaters when I was seventeen, and it was good. Of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman's like the obviously like one of the great villains ever because that's what he brought to every role. So awesome! But it it was you know it was a seven. Just because it was kind of a, the plot didn't feel super urgent, but four, five, and six are are this whole. It's a, it's it's like when Fast and Furious started. Fast Five like started like upped it up to a new thing. You know? Right. It took, and I have that written down somewhere when I was talking about like uh, other franchises that it did. It took Fast and the Furious like five movies, and then like bam, it's a monster, you know. Yeah. Um, and this one, I think three with J.J. Abrams directing put it on the map a little more, even though, you know, Mission Impossible, they're both huge hits. Like, a lot of people didn't like two. Personally, huge fan. It's definitely the worst of the series. We've talked about this before, I think, on this podcast. By yeah. far the worst one, but I love it so much. Dude, I love Van Helsing to the day I die. It's, it's <laughs> a horrible film. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um. So for me in this series, right? I mean, we just kind of talked about it a little bit, but it was Mission Impossible 2 that yeah. made me fall in love with it. I was yeah. probably like 10. I think it came out in 2000. I think I looked it up. Um, and I probably started rewatching it over and over when I was like 13 or something like that. It's so yeah. cringy. It's cheesy. They use the mask thing in like... You know, they use it throughout all of them, but the mask thing was, like, really crucial in this one, in, in Mission Impossible <laughs> 2. <laughs> like, really big. The mask was, like, the, the script could not have functioned right. if it were not for the presence of masks. Right. you can't say for the others. And we can talk about the mask thing a little later. I have a question coming up with that, but um, that's just something in that movie that could have pissed off any average moviegoer. I loved it anyway. I can get over that, so that didn't bother me. Um... I also, you know, I love that one because of Naya. I can't pronounce her actual name. Thandui Newton? Thandui Newton? I don't know. Oh, uh, um, of course. From Crash and Westworld. Yes. Westworld. Yeah, the Westworld. Uh, lovely actress. Yeah. Very yes. Talented. And she was a smoke show in that. Um, uh, lovely was, woman. Uh, yes. a, a, a wonderfully fit woman. Yes. <laughs> Great spy. Uh, uh, yeah, a professional. Doug Ray Scott, who played Sean Ambrose. Awesome. Loved it. Uh I love the, the Mumberland. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was doing a Duke Ray Scout impression. <laughs> it, was, it was doing you go ahead. My bad. I messed, My bad. I messed up the impression. Damn it. All right. That's another thing Nick is good for that we don't have him here for. Um <laughs> I love the motorcycle scenes, the slow-mo action scenes, the ridiculous fight choreography, crazy uh the crazy explosions, the one-liners, the doves. Remember the doves like flying? Do I remember the doves, dude? <laughs> dude. Unbelievable! I brush, dude, I brush my teeth to the doves, man. Like, <laughs> uh, because we're talking about there was just, you know, the woo, the American woo, 
uh, Renaissance, in which John Woo, who was like an auteur of Eastern cinema, who directed this one, right? Who directed this one? Yes. He did. He did Face Off. Oh hell this yeah! One, almost back to back. Dude, the use of doves. Like, who is the dove handler? Because they were a magi. Like, it, it's it's like, how did you make them be so perfect? But, dude, yeah, climactic <laughs> scene so with perfect. doves in this. Ugh. Yeah, you're so right. That just that fiery explosion in the background where Ethan walks through slow with his all black and the black like snow hat on or whatever the beanie. Hold yeah. on, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the uh, the music because because Dugar. Oh, goes, it's it's like the opera stuff, like the. Dude, <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking. Yeah, because he goes. Dugar Scott goes. <laughs> and then and then it goes into the pentatonic minor chord off of it. It goes. That's when he starts to sprint back on the lawn again. Oh yeah, I remember it so vividly, dude. Yeah, so we're on the same page with two. We're on the same page. Absolutely. So from MI2, you get to MI3 with J.J. Abrams, which we just talked about. And to me, he created like an Ethan Hunt love story, right? So you have an Ethan Hunt love story with our boy PSH, Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain. That's all you got to tell me. Like, sign me up. You know, I'm absolutely sold on that. And I love that. Um. So remember the, like remember the remember the trailer for for MI3 man it was like all PSH like, It was all PSH monologue. Yes it w- it was that that monologue that he has which he murders you're absolutely right and then it's Tom Cruise getting like blown back on the bridge from a missile Oh that's how it ends you're the right way, the way they did that like he got it looks so realistic you know yeah. like especially for its time I don't know it seemed just like awesome uh, but I remember that uh, the trailer. You're he's right. like, who? He's like, it starts. It's like black. He's like, who? Uh, who are you? You have a wife, girlfriend, whoever she is. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna hurt her. And then it's like a, a oh. shot of Tom Cruise, like simmering. So monotone, like just so flat, but so scary. And yeah, he he's yeah. R.I.P. Dude. Um, yeah. And like I said, you know, you go from three to six and the action just gets crazier with, uh, with ghost protocol, rogue nation, and then fallout. Um, the set pieces get bigger. The story evolves with the franchise, which is something that doesn't always happen. Um, and in a world where you have so many franchise movies making like hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office, it's just, it's nice to see one that, continues to get better and continues to push the limits as far as the storytelling and the action set pieces. Um, right. You know, you got the fast and the furious, like you said, took five movies. I, I wrote down like a list of uh, the other like big franchises. Um, you got James Bond, which has some phenomenal movies, but, and it's older than the mission series, even though mission is like 22 years old at this point, but it has a bunch of like awful flicks mixed sure. in there you know right. like i've seen the most recent one twice and it i still, has, i couldn't even tell you what it's about i didn't love you know i never saw it i i bond bond has enough flops that i wait till many people tell me it, it was good before i see it uh, yeah i mean of course i'll you know i mean it's been so long now I, no time to die I'll, I'll see it in theaters the, the opening night but yeah uh, that's true i'll definitely be there anyway, um, yeah dude like so uh, Marvel, which I don't believe is fair to put in the same conversation as this because they pumped out like 20 movies in 10 years, but they're not all exactly connected like this one is. And not to mention, they've had some pretty bad ones as well. Um, the X-Men had some horrible ones like Apocalypse and the Last Stand. Jurassic Park was ruined by the new ones, even though I do love Chris Pratt. Uh, Jason Bourne was close. As far as spy thrillers go, but even as, that as one, far as like above seven out of ten, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're at they're at three out of five, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, I loved all those. I, I think the supremacy was awesome. I mean, yeah, even yeah, all of them. The ultimatum, um, I thought they were all really good. I think the last one was what kind of, you know, it didn't ruin did, it, but it wasn't very. Did good. you see the the Jeremy Renner one though? It was like, uh, 
was like so, a spinoff of him. Yeah. So I, that's like one I remember was either replaying on HBO or Showtime or something like that. And I caught it somewhere in the middle and I liked it, but I never, I've never sat down and watched it all. Yeah. Is that a good um, one? Is that worth like sitting down? Oh, and dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I have no idea. I, I have not seen it. I was, I was curious. Um, I, I remember it was a weep. Poor Jeremy Renner. Let me say, let me say this about Renner. Speaking of mission. Oh, yeah. Renner, Renner is a company man. Dude, Renner, Renner has eaten the gross end of the stick several times with franchises. So here you got to get back. You've got him in Marvel. He gets in his first feature film and they embarrass his character. You know, there's been a, you know, he always was not happy about Hawkeye in the first Avengers. He gets hypnotized. He's right. just like a generic bad guy. Okay. Twenty twenty fifteen, they come up to him. They're like, "Listen, man, Matt Damon's out. You're in. Let's fucking let's go, dude." He's like, "All right, I'm gonna be Jason Bourne or some spinoff." It doesn't do great, so they immediately make another Bourne with, with Matt Damon and don't acknowledge his character. Right, dude. Almost the same thing happens with Mission. Now. In this that, film, that the original goal? They do, they do him some respect in this film. That's right. So in in four, in Mission Four, the goal was, <laughs> it's so funny now. Like, but yeah, 2011, dude. It was all right. Like the studio was like, all right. Like Tom Cruise, he's getting older. Like, let's bring in, let's let's transition in. Like Will Ferrell in The Office. Like, let's do like a buffer character. And then Tom Cruise gets phased out. That's why, like, he was... Renner was on the front lines in four. But then it did so well that in five, Renner was, like, kind of there, but he was, like, behind a desk. Right. Um, and then six, he's not there at all. So Jeremy Renner, he's a, you know, hats off. You're, you're right, a company man. It's a perfect way to put it. I don't know. That That's tough. I did hear about that, how he was supposed to replace, pretty much replace Tom Cruise in that. And then, you know, I'm sitting here, obviously, after seeing the last two and being like, how the fuck would you do that? Because Tom Cruise is, whatever, 50-something and still just killing it. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't see yeah. him stopping anytime soon, man. I think they already I, uh, seven and eight, like, uh, written. Back, dude. Yeah, written they and something together. A, 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 matri- a Matrix sequel thing on that. Yeah. Um, so there's just something about Cruz um, as far as this franchise goes with him, like never wanting to settle. And it seems like it never seems like he's there just going through the motions and earning a paycheck, you know, whereas like, I feel like other big action stars, they tend to do that often. I've felt truly invested and entertained in every single one of these movies. And like I said, I think they get better as they go. So that's where I'm at as far as why I love uh, why I love these so much. Agreed. Um, I have a question for you. Is Ethan Hunt the most important role of Tom Cruise's career? Uh, artistically or economically? Because I think artistically, uh, Magnolia, um, you know. As far as like his range? Yeah, like as an artist, as an actual actor, like as. But a, I yeah. mean, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to limit it to that, though. I mean, I have so much respect for I what he Tom does Cruise. in these movies, in the Mission movies. That is art. I mean, he is very dedicated to. Th- Zach, I don't know if I sent you. There's a uh, six-hour Empire Film co- podcast interview with with uh, Chris McQuarrie the writer and director of the, of the last two missions and edge of tomorrow. He's just talking about the screenwriting process about mission, what he learned from, um, uh, uh, Valkyrie, which he, which he wrote. Um, but him and Tom have such a partnership and they're like, it's inter. I saw kiss last weekend kiss at great woods and it's like there's something about this mix of like it's 
the art itself is vapid, but the delivery of the art is uh, is very nuanced and well thought out, and and like it, it it's it's respecting its audience a great deal. It, it it respects that people paid. You know, they work all day, they pay money. We're going to make them feel good, um, and we're going to work really really hard uh, to to deliver that. I, I mean, I think he shows that in every one of these movies because it seems like every one that he does, he's doing this ridiculous stunt that he could easily die at. And it's like something that you could use CGI for, but he's like, no. Like, we're going to make this as real as we possibly can. Let we're going to do this. this. We're going to do it right. Zach, let me ask you this. Because I, I don't know about you. I watched Fallout relatively recently. Watching Five before six what were your impressions how did it because like every everyone it ups the ante three times to me like they all have a different feel but like once you get to the last two they have a similar feel you know obviously because of mccory but like like we said like i can definitely differentiate you know one through four these last two, they, they have a similar feel, probably because of the cast and the and the writer and director. But what are, what are you trying to get at exactly? I guess just in terms of the, I guess the root of my question was about the the action, the 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 set piece stunts. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was watching five, right? So now, and now I, I remember finish. seeing five in theaters. And being like, this is the greatest thing that I will ever see until I die. <laughs> and then, and like, I would have bet money on it. Dude, then I watched six. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that this could exist in my. Is seven? There's no, but that. My, so, every time I see mission, I'm like, there's no way the next mission is going to up the previous one. You're and right. So it does. Again, I now I understand what you're trying to say. Where, you know, you watch you watch those set pieces, you watch what he's doing, you realize afterward, you know, especially after hearing how much of it was really real and all that, he is like pushing the limit more and more in each one. How the fuck could seven top what they did in six as far as like the set pieces and and the action sequences that they're doing that? Water tank stunt, which we'll we'll talk about in Rogue Nation, was crazy, <laughs> like, insane. And then you have, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, what I'm thinking of is the uh, the skydive scene from Fallout. Oh my god! It I mean, struck that... by lightning. It's like, dude, to the day I die, like in IMAX. I, that's the only IMAX film I've paid for twice to see twice in that roller coaster setting because of that sequence that skydive sequence right and that that is the sequence like uh as far as the five goes that water tank sequence is the one that just kind of like i'm always waiting for it the whole movie's great but i'm always waiting for that scene and i'm always holding my breath for cruise that's the, the set piece. i mean it's interesting zach like that's the set piece of the five it's that and it's the of course the opening scene which i think that's common admission it's like the the set pieces are in like the first scene and then like near the climax yeah when he when he hang, hangs on to the airplane but right which was forgot. so i have that in random facts um what does it say he was suspended on the aircraft five thousand feet in the air bill 5,000 feet, and he was actually hanging outside of the airplane, like, obviously attached to it from the inside, but, like, who does that? Okay, so he, so, unlike, unlike the skydiving scene, well, I, I'm sure that the cameraman or something in the skydiving scene was trained to save Tom Cruise if he blacked out, but I don't know, man. I always think about, like, I think they've said, like, the insurance on these films costs more than, than like the production yeah. budget. Um, I mean, it would make sense when you think about what they're doing. 
Um, yeah, it, it, it. I was wondering, did they paint out some cables in that when Tom is uh, hanging on to the, the airplane? So what I think, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think you could find this out pretty easy with, with research. I didn't actually dive that deep into it. But I, what I think it was, was that he was holding on, but he was strapped from like the waist or something because he was wearing a suit. He was wearing a full suit. Okay. You know, okay. so he was probably like strapped okay. in here and his hands were like, you know, they looked like it was maybe they maybe he was strapped around his shoulders too. Who knows? Regardless, dude, he was like, he was like 51. He was like 51 yeah. years old. I hope I hope I hope that's the case. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, And he always does it. He's always trying to do that stuff. And you always hear about it all the time. He's doing his own driving. He's doing his own stunts. He's hanging out of helicopters, out of windows. He broke his foot in. What the six, uh, the chase scene oh. where he yeah. jumped across the building, they had to put back oh. production for like I don't know, Dude. six weeks or something. They yeah. did like all the B roll, just like all the all the scenic shots while he recovered. Yeah, um, yep. It's like uh, Harrison Ford in uh, Force Awakens. He like break his leg in the Millennium Falcon. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I didn't hear about that. Uh, Dude, he also broke his leg in the Indiana Jones six. Oh my god! Same leg? I hope not, man. Although it would make <laughs> sense medically, uh, dude. So hot take. I think this is my favorite mission um, opening scene in terms of the of the assignment. You know when the, when they give so them the opening like the, scene was them trying to to keep the package. What was the package? Missiles or what? Sorry. Uh, the after credits first scene where it's like, it's usually, it's Ethan in some regard hanging out. Then he gets like, he gets an assignment. Oh, okay. And okay. he like, he plugs it into like a thing. And so there it, was a whole was thing. My on favorite, the, dude. There, there was a whole thing and you're a music guy. So maybe you understood the music references in it. No. Okay. Dude, it was way over my head. It was like, yeah. so, so classy, man. Like it was classical, like jazz, right? That they were talking about, they had a thing in the trivia section that I looked yeah. up random facts in, and I, I didn't write that one down. But they were talking about like what music they were talking about and and whatever. Uh, I don't know. He's like, uh, oh, you know why they call him Shadow? Yeah, because <laughs> he's left on his feet. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. I I learned power chords when I was yeah. a teenager, and that's all. I right. I could play GCD for you right now on the guitar. But, GCD, baby. Um. Yeah, so back to the the original question here of whether this is Ethan Hunt's most important, or I'm sorry, Tom Cruise's most important role, uh, if it's Ethan Hunt. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot about it. No, we got sidetracked, but yeah, no, <laughs> we went off there. Um, but yeah, I don't even, I don't know. I wrote this question down and I've been thinking about it for the last hour or so. Uh, since prepping for this, and I don't know. I mean, he's had a lot of important roles, but I think that it might be just because of how the franchise has progressed and how, you know, the first two were big budget and even three, but, like, with what they've done with this series and how big of a movie star it's really made him, I think it might be. I, You know what? I hope it will be. I hope so. Um, so... My next question, this might not really hit home with you at all. Um, you might, it might be just like an easy answer for you, but I just wanted to rate Ethan Hunt versus Jack Reacher. And I don't know if you're a big Jack Reacher guy. I don't know if you've even seen it, but I had something to say about this. Have you seen Jack Reacher? I have seen the first one. The first one is all you need to talk about because the second one I watched and I fucking I, it was terrible. But really, is it the same director? Do you know? I don't know. It was really bad though. Um, like not even worth a rewatch. I, I didn't want to go back to it at any point. But I've seen Jack Reacher, the first one, maybe ten times. Really, I, I love that character. I don't know what it is about that movie. It's like it's very complicated as far as like the you know. Well, it's not very complicated. I guess, but the first time watching it, I was like pretty blown away by how intricate the uh, the whole conspiracy was. Um, 
And I just, I love like that movie was propelled by Tom Cruise, right? Like that, it wouldn't have worked without, oh God. Him. without him. That movie's nothing, but he was so fucking cool in it. He was very cool. And he was unhinged. Whereas Ethan Hunt is like technical. Uh, th- this, this brings me to what I, because uh, I did see Jack Reacher after you guys both recommended it to me. Mm. And by the way, I think if we were both born a hundred years ago and we were both enlisted in world war one, dude, I might take a bullet for you, but I want to tell you, <laughs> I didn't love Jack Reacher, but that's fair. Part man. Of the reason I a was lot, examining, a lot of people it, don't. I was examining why. And I couldn't buy Tom Cruise. I kept, I kept seeing Ethan Hunt and I kept not buying him in this character, which was, Darker than the anti-hero. It, it was like... Like self-made it, justice. Murder yeah. is okay in certain aspects. Like, very, very... He enjoyed a lot he was more enjoying dark. it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I couldn't help but think maybe it was like miscast. But on the other hand, to your point, uh, the film wouldn't have had the momentum it had. Tom Cruise can can drag a movie behind him that's mm-hmm. part of his skill yes so so there there's just a few like I, I i couldn't tell you i don't know what it is about it there's a few scenes that just kind of stick out in jack reacher to me that like make me stand up from my seat and give me those goosebumps and it's that you know the one that always comes back to me is when he's talking to the bad guy on the phone basically after they kidnap the girl and he says something like I am not a hero. I'm a drifter with nothing to lose. You killed that girl to put me in a frame. I mean to beat you to death and drink your blood from a boot. Now this is how it's gonna work. You're gonna give me the address and I'll be along when I am damn good and ready. If she doesn't answer the phone when I call this number, if I even think you've heard her, I disappear. And if you're smart, that scares you because I'm in your blind spot. And I have nothing better to do. I mean to, like, I'm not going to find you and arrest you. Like, I mean to beat you to death and drink your blood from a boot. You know, like, he's really threatening this guy's life. And I'm, that's where it turns for me, where it's like, this guy really is so much darker than Ethan Hunt or any hero that he's played. He's, like, out for blood. And I love that about him. And I, I bought it. So maybe, yeah. maybe you thinking like you loving Ethan Hunt so much you didn't buy that as much as I did, and maybe I did, and that's why I liked it more. I don't know, but that, that's really interesting. I, I, dude, I'm gonna rewatch it now because I I do also want Tom Cruise in my head to be more versatile than like just one franchise character. Uh, dude, he's so raw, and he knows like Ethan Hunt knows how talented and skilled he is, but there's always this sense of like with uh, the bad guy in this one, uh, the, the leader of the syndicate. I don't know what his name Solomon is. Solomon Lane. He can talk to a guy like Solomon Lane and realize that he's kind of, he can be bested, you know? And in this one, in Jack Reacher, he wasn't being bested by anyone. He was the ultimate detective. He was fucking Bruce Wayne out there. And he knew exactly what he was going to do and how he, how he was going to do it. And he, he wasn't losing. Whereas Ethan Hunt had so much to lose. Jack Reacher has nothing to lose. Dude, what you brought up is very interesting. Because I think it's the heart of Ethan Hunt. Um, Ethan Hunt struggles with, like, what does it mean that he does have a weakness? He does have weaknesses. Because he, he, he does, he can't help but care about people. Uh, he... You know, I mean, in this movie, it's Benji, right? Benji is what makes him, like, like uh, throw down, man. Like, kind of go out, go out there because he, Solomon Lane knows about his weakness for friends. Um, in six, what's the opening, right? He he lets nuclear bombs. Uh, 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 oh, the, the, no, the plutonium go for Luther. You're right. Right, plutonium go to save Luther. Um, 
Alec Baldwin references this as a strength, but it is a, it's definitely a difference between these two types of characters. It's a John Rambo um, and, uh, you know, a Spider-Man. Well, I guess, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is trying to always shed his personal attachments. But um, <laughs> the hero gig. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think that speaking of Alec Baldwin's character, he had the ultimate quote about e- Ethan Hunt in there. <laughs> you already know where I'm going. favorite quote, dude. dude yeah. the best quote delivered by Alec Baldwin, the only guy who could have done it. Hunt is uniquely trained and highly motivated. A specialist without equal, immune to any countermeasures. There is no secret he cannot extract, no security he cannot breach, no person he cannot become. He has most likely anticipated this very conversation and is waiting to strike in whatever direction we move. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny, and he has made you his mission. That sums it up right there. I gotta tell you, that's that's my jam, dude. Hair stand up on your arm, and he, oh. you know he's fucking right. Like, you know he's right. Because he's built up this, and this is only five. This is before six, with everything else that he does. Um, Lord knows. So. Jeez. Dude, very, very... Okay, so here's... Sorry, to, I want to sidetrack. Okay. Go ahead. The end shot of this movie, it made me think... I think that every mission ends unexpectedly. Um, because, like, this one, it was like... It's like Renner and Baldwin, and he's like, he's like, welcome aboard, Mr. Secretary. And then it's over. And like six was like, remember Hunt's like on the hospital bed. He's like, don't make me laugh. Yeah. And then it ends. Right. Oh, mission always ends in a refreshingly unexpected way. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm, I'm going through. I wish I remembered the other ending endings off the top of my head, but you're right. As far as the, the last two went. Um, yeah. Now I'm remembering that. Don't make me laugh after he just fucking saved Dirt's didn't set off two nuclear bombs. He's the ultimate hero, man. He's exactly what Alec Baldwin says he is. And it's just awesome to watch every single movie. Um, so let's, I, I have, I think I have like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, like six random facts here to go through. We've already talked about a couple of them. Let's bang these out. Um, Tom Cruise performed the sequence where Ethan Hunt climbs out uh, on the outside of a flying airplane. Uh, without the use of visual effects or stunt double. Uh, at times, he was suspended from the aircraft 5,000 feet in the air, which I said earlier, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Tom Cruise was injured six times during the making of this movie. Who knows what the actual injuries was or how bad they were. Um, this is the first Mission Impossible film in which every member of Ethan Hunt's IMF team is a veteran of at least one previous installment in the franchise, which I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so all repeats as far as the, the team, because technically Rebecca Ferguson's character, uh, Ilsa, is not a member yet. So uh, the syndicate, the covert criminal organization, which features in the film, were the regular antagonists in the original Mission Impossible of 1966 television series, which is pretty cool. See, that's the stuff that I would have no idea because I never watched that series. So knowing that they no, got man, that, we were uh, we were born in a particular decade, and uh, you know what can you do? It's all there is to it, you know. I probably will never go back and watch the the OG Mission Impossible show, but now I know that this was a big part of it, and it's pretty cool because they carry this out through the next couple movies, and who knows, maybe even after. So, um, when training for the underwater scene, <laughs> it's another just ridiculous fact from Tom Cruise. Uh, Cruz was able to hold his breath underwater for six minutes. Get the, part of my language. Get the duck out of here. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Again. Who knows, that's like how long the scene was, right? Who knows how long this or how true this is? Excuse me. Um, but if that's true, if it's even anywhere close to six minutes, like if they round it up from 535 or something, give this guy a fucking round of applause and more money. Because that's absurd. I mean, I believe it it's too. Interesting. So, like, that's the other thing. Like, I, I totally believe it, it dude. Like, because the man put in like 
it's funny. My 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 cousin Ben, who is just about to go to college, and Ben got his pilot's license last year. And I, of course, he came over to visit during the summer. I was like, Ben, let me show you some mission, dude. So I show I show him like the helicopter stuff, and he's like, I was like, yeah, Tom Cruise like learned it himself. He was like, there's no way. He was like, it took me two years to get my pilot's license. Helicopter is like three times as difficult. So it's like, I just think this might be his greatest, like, okay. With a helicopter, you can put the time in. You can put your mind to it. Dude, holding your breath, that's like, that's like primal, man. That's like the most primal stunt ever. And, you know, you can learn to do that kind of thing. You can, you can train your body to like, you know, everybody has a limit. I don't think I could ever, as much as I trained, I don't think I could ever get to six minutes of holding my breath, no matter how much I train my lungs to do it. But people, you can train your lungs to, to, you know, to, to hold out. He's just a different breed of human. Like just a different breed. And, uh, I think that he probably trained to hold it as long as he could. And if he could get to six minutes, it's something that I wouldn't be surprised about. Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons on the Rewatchable podcast talks about this all the time, how Tom Cruise is one of those actors that he's just like all in on every role. So like when he did the color of money, he just learned how to become a great pool player. You know, when he does days of thunder, he became the best driver that you could possibly be. When he was in Top Gun, he probably got his pilot license, you know? Um, right. Even something when you think of, like, Magnolia, he probably took, like, public speaking courses to, like, really nail that. Like, uh, totally. you, you know, like, yep. It, it's just he's one of those guys that invests himself in every role. And Ethan Hunt is an action star. He's a he's a hero. So he probably learned how to fly a helicopter and do all that shit and hold his breath that long. And I, I believe all of it. Can I make a comment about the breath hold? A testament to the script. And again, I want to, Zach, I'm going to send you a link to this Empire Film po Podcast uh, series. And it's just, it's Macquarie for, for six hours talking to this guy about, I learned more about filmmaking and film storytelling. It changed my life. But it, it didn't surprise me. So, like, first first time you see Ilsa Fabs, right? She's in, like, the opera scene or whatever. And, oh, no, second time. Third time, she comes out. It's, like, the famous James Bond, like, like swimsuit scene. Oh, she, yeah, like, coming out, out of the, the, pool. the pool. I just I wrote that down and, like, randomly, I have, like, these two little notes. And one of them was Rebecca Ferguson is a smoke. Under that was pool scene. So... <laughs> essentially, uh, she is. She, I was trying to think what to text you today to express how I feel about Rebecca Ferguson, and I still haven't been able to. Um, yeah, put it in buttons. But, but, um, yeah, dude, she comes up out of the pool and she has a watch on. What's her watch say? It's like two. Oh, dude. I realized it this time. She comes up out of the water, and the you're like, oh, sexy. Like, she's swimming. She looks at her watch, and it says, like, two minutes, 49 seconds. She's trying to figure out how long she can hold her breath. She's training She's <sighs> training her lungs because she's already trying to tr – she's, she's been trying to get into this thing. And so, A, it gives you character that. information. Mm -hmm. And then, B, it shows you that, like, three minutes is a long time. Yeah. So then when you see it in yeah. at the end, like – when, when there's, like, 10 seconds left and he hasn't even, like, he gets hit by the arm before he even, like, gets it back into the, the slot. But, man, the tension was great. Oh, that, that scene, yeah. I mean, I have it on. It's definitely the most rewatchable or, or uh, the best the best scene that we have uh, in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. There are a couple other ones we, we can roll through. Um, but, yeah, that, that one is a... Uh, is definitely up there and you're right about her man and that whole thing about i didn't catch that with the watch that's so cool 
you know, it's little things like that that on rewatches, like that's the stuff that makes you rewatch right there. Yeah. Um, so to to cut through these other random facts as quick as we can, Benedict Cumberbatch was the first actor considered to play the villain. Yeah. No. Could have been cool. I love whoever this dude, Solomon Lane, whoever played him. Uh, I don't know his name off the top of my head. That voice is fucking perfect. So they nailed it. Dude, can I, I got to tell scary. you something, man. Last night, last night I watched The Green Knight. Oh, I still haven't uh, seen it. And he plays King Arthur in the film. And uh, he is a delightful actor. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I think I looked up his IMDb after uh, when I was crushing through the whole series a couple months ago. And I remember it being like pretty underwhelming. Like this was it type of thing. You know, maybe like one other thing I might have recognized him from, but that's it. But that's cool that he's in a big budget movie like that, playing a cool character. Um, this is the fourth Tom Cruise movie written and or directed by Christopher McQuarrie. The first three, Valkyrie, Jack Reacher, and Edge of Tomorrow. So Jack Reacher was McQuarrie. That's right. Okay, so oh, yeah, dude. McQuarrie did one, and then oh, dude, you, know, you know who directed two is Edward Zwick, who oh. is like one of the premier 80s 90s directors he directed glory um okay but apparently two is like awful so i wonder what happened yeah it wasn't good it wasn't good at all and i like me being like i've i had seen jack reacher probably before that second one i'd probably seen it like four or five times and i I loved it so disappointed and i yeah i don't think i could go back and watch it again um that's all i got for random facts though so, as far as the favorite scenes go, oh. why don't uh do, do you have any written down, or do you want me to just kind of go through a little list here? Okay, so uh, here are my. Do you want me to go if I if I can remember some? If you have any off the top of your head, go right ahead. I have a the list most here. Viscerally uh, memorable for me is is when is Benji being wired up with the bomb. I mean, uh, that's that's one of the most human, like one of the most viscerally emotional scenes in Mission that I've ever seen. When when it's like Benji, they set Benji up enough that you really love Benji. And dude, when he like when Ethan walks up to them and and like, dude, he's such. Uh, uh, Peg is such a great actor. The he's way great. that he he acts with his eyes. And he's so he's just like so afraid just with his eyes. Genuinely it, scared. Yeah. It makes you feel the terror of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when he, the way Ethan reacts. Oh, oh, dude. And also the way that Ethan, like, before he sits down, Ethan like puts his hand on Benji's shoulder. That was what like, I was that was sorry. what I was about to say. Like really? When he I think it's right before or after Solomon Lane goes, no time to think, Ethan. You know, he just kind of puts his hand right there. Like it's a, and, I'll, fi- I'll figure and, it out. We'll be and okay. Benji And Benji with his, again, just with his eyes, because he's being controlled with the rest of his body, just uh-huh. with his eyes says, I know, I forgive you. Yep. Like that, that was some powerful shit, man. Like that's what makes Mission rooted in, uh, it's, what, it's what makes you care about the action like the action is cool but they find room for these beats of character stuff any great action franchise has at least a couple scenes like that that make you genuinely care about the characters and what's going on you know um i think that's part of the reason that fast and furious took off the way it did was because people cared so much about paul walker's character and how they gave him like a little send-off and what was it five or I don't know. I'm not a huge Fast and the Furious fan, but I respect it. Whatever. Tell you all about it <laughs> when I see you again. Exactly. Yeah. Like, extremely corny, but it also hits home with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that was more so for the actual actor and everything, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You need those. Uh, you, you need those scenes. Um, I think they did that a lot in three, two. I think that it, it showed a lot of heart for 
you know, who Ethan really is as far as him caring for family and friends. Yep. You know, it was all about saving the wife. So yeah, that scene definitely stuck out. Um, I have, you know, I had it in order of how I was watching it. I have the opening scene plane heist, which we already talked about. Oh Um, dude. The right before the credit thing. Yeah. The guy goes, wait, Oh, oh, wait. And then he goes, yeah. The first time you see Ethan Hunt, this is new Ethan Hunt, just sort of like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, maybe this might work. <laughs> and then he pulls it. And he's wearing like an, an all fucking silver suit, too. Like, just looking great, but still, like, why is he wearing a suit? He's in the middle of a field going after an airplane. Like, where, how did he get there? Where, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but whatever, you know? Um, I, I love the Benji and Luther back and forth. Um, and then Ethan parachuting from the plane is just fucking awesome. As he stares down that the random henchman who's looking at him like, what? Um, I have uh, the escape from the bone doctor, which by the way, the bone doctor is such a fucking <laughs> ridiculous nickname for a bad guy. Dude, the bone doctor is A, that, or B, a legendary porn name. <laughs> it could be both, man. I don't know. Could be. Dude, when, when Hunt in that scene, <laughs> dude, it, and you see this Tom Cruise with his abdominal core muscles. Yeah. That gets up off of that uh, like off of that pole, dude, just by like moving his, his core. That was powerful. So I've Okay, so there is a there have been times since I've seen this movie where I've been alone. And I have been around like a, a pole like that. There is zero percent chance that I could ever do that, no matter how much training I've had. If that was actually him doing that, that is one of the most impressive things. Probably, like, more I've, than, I've tried probably it. More I, than. I've held on like that, and like I can't. There's no way, dude. I mean, I've seen people who can like. Okay, so you're saying it might? You're saying it? This might be a thing where it wasn't Tom Cruise. Like dude. it's. I mean, again, he's one of those guys that if he, like, I believe he could do it, but that's ridiculous. Well, mostly you're saying, I'm going to do this from now on, too. Whenever I see a pole, I'm like, (laughs) oh, man. I mean, granted, uh... you know, like, he's obviously in phenomenal shape, and I've seen people who can, like, hold themselves up by just holding a pole and everything, but that's something else. Like, using your body weight and lunging up as you're holding on to a dude, that was that was one of the most like visceral mission moments <laughs> ever dude. when he like when he flings over that thing and like i don't know i was blown away every time i see that i'm just like yeah. there's no fucking way but like maybe because it is tom cruise and i mean look at him he was in great shape like maybe the best physical condition he's ever been in so who knows i'm glad you i'm glad you caught that as well I wrote down Ethan's climb up the pole while he was tied up. And under that, it was like incredibly impressive and looked like it was actually <laughs> Tom Cruise. So <laughs> um, after that, I have the opera. Uh, I feel like sketchy shit always happens at an opera show, like an, ap- an opera or a show in movies. Okay, go on. Uh, ex- um, uh, elaborate. Elaborate. So, you know, you got like Abe Lincoln. Lincoln. You got, no you doubt, got- dude. Inglorious Bastards. Um, I just feel like if I was like... Uh, Batman Begins? Batman Begins? Oh, dude, Batman Begins. Yes. Okay, Batman loses his family outside of a theater. Like, something bad always happens to rich people or, like, important people outside of theaters or opera shows. There's, I'm sure there's a long delay. It's a screenwriting observation. It's... it's it's The opera stands for... for 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 the people who are too rich, uh, wanting their richness above everyone else. So, like, of course, outside the opera or inside the opera, they get taken out. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, it was a little note, um, and if, I wrote out if I was a state official or part of any type of important organization, I would never go to the opera. <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't do it. Um, what did I say? Mm. Uh, so this is another one because I think I'm referring to when he's fighting the the big syndicate dude who's obviously a lot like bigger and stronger than him on that like uh 
like pulley system thing oh, that went up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote down uh, Tom Cruise is, is the all-time best at making a fight scene entertaining as hell and also hilarious. You know, like I feel like he's had a couple of those. Like Jack Reacher too. Jack Reacher, he had a couple of those scenes where he got like hit in the back of the head, and it's just like uh it's it's he he has a way of making it really funny because this big dude was attacking him and i think he like hit him at one point and just or he's holding the thing with him and he's realizing how tall the guy is and he's just like fuck <laughs> like he has that look right. on his face like oh it's, god this guy's way bigger it's than a me. new type of a new type of action hero right like this is this is past the 90s like yeah it's the underdog it's 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 almost like a john mcclain but hmm. with a, a little more self-awareness but yeah, he's so good at that. It's like the uh, the opening scene with the bomb, like with the uh, with the missiles. That that look on his face when he's like, the look as he gives the henchman, he just like shrugs his shoulders. He's like, "Sorry, bud." <laughs> it's hilarious. And yeah, then the credits he, roll. It's like, hey, listen, we both don't think I'm gonna. <laughs> We're on the same page. This probably won't work, but I'm gonna try it. <laughs> look at that! It's Tom Cruise, so it works. Yeah, uh, dude. Plus, that was like beautifully choreographed. That whole, uh, that whole fight scene, and then the the shooting with uh, with Benji taking on the dude in the room, and Ilsa saves him. Um, I think Zach. I think that's my favorite mission sequence ever. Is, is the, op- the is the opera sequence? Mm. I, I to the, I've seen it maybe six times. It's so beautiful and brilliant. It the is the way that it's edited. And and the way that it keeps cutting back to the to the music on the, the actual sheet. opera going on, yeah. The opera, and then it keeps showing it keeps reminding the audience, oh yeah, like Ilsa saw that it's this quarter note on the sheet, and it keeps like going. Oh, you're talking about the sheet of paper where they had it circled. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. So smart. Brilliant. It is, it's brilliant. That's the type of stuff that just kind of you know. A lot of people go to this movie because you can kind of turn your mind off like an action movie. You can just kind of turn everything off and just enjoy what you're seeing. But then when you really pay attention to what's going on, there's stuff like that that you catch. And it's the the little opera note on the screen or the smirk that 